Thank you for joining us, and welcome back to another edition of Radio Gripe. Great. I'm Jen. I'm Joe. And uh, this is a topical discussion show. We like to talk shit Mm -hmm. and take names. Yeah, uh, sometimes we take the names first, and then we talk shit on those names. Um, That's making a lot of noise. We've got a new uh, uh, window fan here in the studio to uh, air out our grievances. To air out our grievances. That was thanks for being on the ball with that one. Um, yeah, to kind of just uh, kind of pull some of the excess bullshit from the room. Um, so you might be hearing that in the background. We'll kind of see how that works out in post. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show. Um, this is number twenty nine. It's show number 29, maybe, but it is show number two of Radio Gripe. We are newly christened. Yeah. Year. Yeah, we're, we're nearing the end of the year, Jen. I know that you've been uh, working on um, this uh, hell of a project. Uh, yeah, we're recording this on a Saturday. We were listening uh, last night to Shannon's uh, live show uh, with uh, newly christened Mayor Pro Tem Gerald Anderson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, nice cathartic show where they said fuck 2020 many times. Yeah. Um, and then I uh, looked at maybe some of the bright spots, uh, just sort of happened naturally. Yeah. They followed it with the love 2020, which was, um, I guess, okay, but a little too schmaltzy for me. <laughs> well, I've been working on, uh, an audio ode, uh, homage slash kiss off to 2020 that, uh, we'll be bringing you next week. You know, I, I'm hoping that you will, uh, join me on this, uh, sonic journey, through 2020 and relive all that and uh it's it's been fun to work on uh the past couple days but it's also um made me emotional i think i was uh i was actually crying a little bit just by april um so um yeah we'll try not to make it too heavy Uh, well i mean good luck with that it's been a heavy year um yeah, it's it's a it's kind of daunting to kind of go over everything that's happened this year and I was crying by February. Yeah, I think I was crying by February. I did not make it far. Yeah, uh, next week's episode might be kind of triggering. Do we want to do a check in? You got anything? Uh, you got anything new? Anything fun? Well, I was just thinking uh, we're coming up on Christmas, and I haven't made time to watch a single cheesy Netflix Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. I know you love this. It's a tradition of yours. I mean, love, no. I'm not one of these people that have seen all of them, but I try to take time for at least one every year. Sure. Um, Last year, we watched A a Christmas Prince 2, Royal Marriage. The preceding year, we watched A Christmas Prince. I haven't even taken time to check in with the royal baby. Uh, So I don't know what's going on there uh, in Aldovia, but I was just listening to How Did This Get Made? They were talking about a Melissa Joan Hart joint uh, Melissa Joan Hart, you might remember, uh, Sabrina and Clarissa. Yeah, she she explained it all back then. Yep, uh, and she's still doing it. She's a Hallmark Christmas Christmas queen. She's made several films in the Hallmark Christmas pantheon. Three this year alone. Uh, but the one I was thinking of watching was from 2018, A Nutty Christmas, wherein... Uh, the Mo- Nutty Professor was there. Melissa Joan Hart is a hardworking career woman who runs a bakery and she has too many cookies to make. She has to make 20,000 cookies and her boyfriend broke up with her and she has been drained of all her Christmas spirit. But her 
childhood Nutcracker doll comes to life. Oh, God. And courts her and uh-huh. brings Joy back into her life. There's so many interesting things you can do with this plot, which is a remake of the Nutcracker. There's some hint that uh, he, he has to protect her from the Mouse King uh, when the Mouse King comes to kill her. I'm going to be disappointed if they don't introduce a Mouse King, but I think it's... I think that they'll, they'll probably allude to one. Uh, there will probably be a character that's, I don't know, mousy. Here's what I'm really expecting. If they expecting. don't, I feel like it's a wasted opportunity. What I what I might would be expect. even weirder if they just ignore the entire plot of the Nutcracker and just have the guy be uh, a cursed guy who's yeah a, a man a real guy who is cursed to be a Nutcracker doll, and then he comes to life for for 24 magical hours, and then he has to go back to being a wooden doll. I think it would be more interesting if they went ahead and made it a little bit more with what we've seen from horror movies of late, and we we find out that she just kind of like had a delusional break. Uh, wherein she imagined that her childhood Nutcracker doll was alive and she kind of, you know, had this delusion. I would like that to say... That sounds interesting. I'd watch that. I would like to say that's not Hallmark's style. That's not really going to get the point across. Well, good. I can still make that movie then. But what the, what you can do is you can have something magical happen and at the, and at the end, it, it's just a wink to the audience like, was it real? I don't know. Maybe don't it was know. all a dream. Man, you know, like... Uh, Two or three times a year, I think about that Emilio Estevez movie that also had Demi Moore in it, uh, where he, he goes wild and then it turns out it was all a dream and then I can never remember it. And I look it up and I'm like, oh yeah, that was the name of it, but then I can't remember. Can't remember it now. Uh, 1983, Emilio Estevez, Demi Moore. It was all a dream. It's not the name of the movie. No, I'm so sorry. Uh-uh. Yeah. Well, you missed out on that one. As did you, dear listener, because I can't remember what to tell you. Um... I don't know. I remember last year we watched, uh, we opted for Gremlins 2 because you had never seen it. Now, that's uh, that one's not a Christmas movie. No, but it's more of a New Year's Eve movie, but it was a delight. Yeah, it is a, it is a must-see. If you're a fan of the Gremlins franchise, I mean, there's two movies. You gotta, you gotta see them. Of course, we're back into the uh, age-old debate of whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Oh, no, that's that's been settled. It's canon. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It is a... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where to land on it. I'm going to go ahead and say that it's a Christmas movie. But uh, I, I heard a case presented recently that it is a movie that simply takes place at Christmas. It actually has nothing thematically to do with Christmas. Uh, Next thing you'll be telling me that Lethal Weapon 3 is not a Christmas movie. I know that Die Hard... One and two both took place during Christmas, if I'm not mistaken. We're uh, we're we're nowhere near to coalescing into a show here yet. But I'm pretty sure Bruce Willis was motivated by some seasonal depression. By the the Christmas spirit. I picture him crawling through the air ducts, wearing you know a dirty wife beater mm-hmm. and a Santa hat. Nope, you're imagining that, mm. or somebody memed it. Yeah, that's that's not how it was. Yeah, he had the dirty wife beater and uh, he had a Zippo in one hand. Uh, maybe a gun in the other. Maybe I'm imagining hat. that. Nope, no Santa hat. That's uh, that is not canon. Well, what about uh, what about you? Are you ready for Christmas? Sure. Uh, it's you know this one kind of snuck up on me. Uh, the year's been flying by. This month's been flying by, and uh, just yesterday I looked at the calendar and realized that it's only w- one week away. Um, by the time you hear this, it's less than a week away, of course, and. Uh, 
sure. I'm I'm ready for Christmas. Uh, as ready as I'm going to be, all things considered, I guess it's not going to be, you know, the same kind of Christmas that everybody's used to. Um, but yeah, that's fine. Uh, I of course, me, you and I both are are secular, so we we do this more as a tradition and as an excuse to, uh, you know, see family and friends in the dark time of year and, uh, just kind of get together and try to, try to be merry or whatnot. Um, I've been thinking more and more about, um, committing to candle nights. You know, we used to call it Changmas after our friend, uh, James Chang, uh, whose birthday is December 25th. That's right. Yeah. But, uh, I've been thinking more and more about just saying that I celebrate candle nights because that's, it's pretty broad and, uh, inoffensive. Yeah. I mean, or the, or the solstice, there's, there's plenty of things to celebrate. We are coming into the longest, darkest night of the year. Mm -hmm. And that's a very powerful thing. And it's something that has been celebrated, um, yeah, throughout, throughout humanity celebrated or, um, survived, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. An affirmation that you're going to survive the long, cold, dark, deadly winter. Yeah. You know, if you're a med- medieval peasant. Yeah, uh, it is. Uh, it, can, it can be rough. Uh, the longest, darkest time of year, and it does go back eons. And uh, it's a it's a good reason to get together and uh, just kind of stick it out and look, look forward to the future with uh, those that you have close. I'll say real quick, uh, thanks for tuning in. I need to remind you that everything that we do and say here on Radio Gripe it does not reflect... Uh, the full constituents and, and everything of KBSR. Uh, we got the airwaves to do what we want to do, and that's what we do. Um, yeah, uh, thanks for tuning in. If you don't like it, you can get at us at uh, that good old email, we are trying show at gmail.com. We got an Instagram account, uh, Radio Gripe TX. Uh, check us out there. And uh, yeah, check out everything else on KBSR. Uh, not everything is going to be on podcast. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that is just going to stay on the radio format, but it's totally worth checking out. Yeah, um, shows like Radio Free Abro, of course, uh, with Scott Abrams and uh, Feedback Loop with uh, Evan. And um, I think Rock and Roll Janitor, Jefferson Brown. Uh, it's another good one. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, those those are kind of the three main music shows that I think about uh, whenever I'm, I'm tuning into it. Uh, I also like listening to uh, Parlor Talk with, uh, you know, station lead Shannon and uh, Gerald, who is the mayor pro tem, and they like to get together and, and just kind of talk some shit. That one's fun. And then there's a uh, uh, Plow and Hose, the uh, gardening show. Uh, that one's a it's like a morning show. It comes on. I want to say Saturday mornings. If you're into gardening, uh, yeah, I, put that one out. I am, and I have a lot to learn, so I should really tune in. I think we can just take a moment and celebrate two Christmas miracles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one, uh, the obvious one, being the vaccine. Yeah. So the Pfizer vaccine has been approved for emergency youth, uh, emergency use authorization. <laughs> I'm sorry, we have not had too much to drink at this point, so we're a little out of our, uh, we're a little rusty right now. Yeah, I'm working on it though. Um, but yeah, the Moderna vaccine uh, is about to be approved as well. That's going to uh, probably more than double our ability to get everybody who wants to be vaccinated, vaccinated. Well, let's hope so. 
by summer of 2020. 2021. I'm sorry, summer of 2021. You know, we forget sometimes because everything is so dysfunctional. Politics is crazy. People are crazy. You know, maybe we don't have a lot of faith in you know the media, the judicial system, or law enforcement, and Congress. Uh <laughs> <laughs> you can you can just make this whole show listing things we don't have faith in. That's fine. This is yeah. This is truly a historic, amazing event. The vaccine took less than a year. Uh, project Project Warp Speed pouring pouring all that money, having multiple vaccines being worked on at the same time, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. you know all over the world too. Uh, prior to this, the shortest amount of time a vaccine has ever been developed in was the mumps vaccine, and that took four years. Oh, man. Uh, doctor, what do I have here? Dr. Hillman started developing that in 1963, or maybe finished it in 1963, um, based on the Cheryl Lynn strain, uh, which was uh, from his own daughter who had the mumps. He swabbed her cheek and started working on that. Hmm. But of course, yeah, now the mumps vaccine is, is bundled with the measles, mumps, rubella vaccine. and There have been... Well, there has been a little bit of resurgence in the measles and the mumps Thanks, uh, in recent years, thanks to the anti-vaxxer movement. But what medical science has achieved here is truly astonishing. I feel cautiously hopeful and optimistic. And no, it didn't hurt at all. I didn't know the needle had gone in until it had come out. How do you feel that you are now one of the first people in the country to have received the first dose of this vaccine? <laughs> one of the first people in the world. How do you feel about it? I don't think I feel about it at all, except that I hope I aren't not going to have the bloody bug now. <laughs> I don't intend to have it because I've got granddaughters and I want to live a long time. Well, there's no point in dying now when I haven't lived this long, is there? Thank you, Trace. Sandra Lindsay, a registered nurse in New York, made history yesterday, becoming the first person in the U.S. to get the vaccine. It's surreal. Um but I'm happy to be representing healthcare workers and nurses all across the world because I know that there um, people have a lot of apprehension and fear about taking the vaccine. And my message to them is not to be afraid because the alternative is far worse. I've seen too much pain, too much suffering, too many people um, that passed away as a result of COVID-19. And so I, I stand by the science. I believe in science. I trust science. And um, I don't trust COVID-19. We're in the home stretch now. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. I hope to be, I, sh- I should be, as an essential worker, mm-hmm. uh, should be in the second round of vaccinations. Right on. What about you, Joe? Will you take the vaccine? Yeah, I'll take the vaccine. Uh, I mean, we'll let we'll let the nursing home residents and uh, healthcare workers take a crack at it first and make sure they don't all mutate. Yeah. Well, we're already starting to see a little bit more um, uh, reports coming out. The more widespread the usage of it is, uh, we get a larger sample pool, and we can start to see what to really expect insofar as um, side, effects. side effects and reactions and everything. And so we're starting to understand that a little bit better. So um, it could even be, you know, by, uh, you know, summer of, of next year, it could be maybe fine-tuned uh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's possible. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of wait and see. Uh, I am uh, fully intending to have the vaccine, but I'm also hoping to know more about it and for medical science to know more about it by the time it's uh, coming to me. 
The second Christmas miracle, um, I hesitate to even talk about. Don't want to jinx it, but it does look like uh, Congress might get their shit together enough to come to a bipartisan agreement uh, about uh, some stimulus aid. They have to do this. Oh, God, tonight? Well, my understanding is that they, they just... have until tonight at 1201. No, no. Uh, they just, uh, I believe Eight as of ten. yesterday, uh, passed an emergency spending bill to avoid a shutdown, which bought them a couple more days to get this through. Okay. Um, they are trying to get it done before they go on holiday break, but that is going to be very soon. So they basically just needed like another day or so uh, to really kind of finalize it. But yeah, they're talking about everything from, you know, uh, stimulus payments to extensions of PPP mm-hmm. and uh, everything else. But it has not fully been passed. Potential Christmas miracle of Congress functioning at uh, just a real base level. Yeah, let's hope so. Because um, I got something to kind of jump off of that first point. But I do have maybe a little bit of a Christmas miracle that even plays into the first part when you was talking about holiday movies. Uh, this year, there has been a holiday special made by uh, Ben de la Creme and Jinx Maze. It's the Jinx and De La holiday special. You can uh, look for that online and go and rent it directly from them. And uh, you can watch a couple of drag queens have like a, a gloriously festive holiday time. Um, I've got some friends kind of connected with that. And uh, so I've been hearing about it over the last few months while it's being made. And uh, they're all really happy that they got it together and got it out in time uh hey quick amendment here uh i found out uh after recording this episode that the jinx and de la holiday special is in fact on hulu that's right it just got easier to watch so uh if you got that hulu subscription uh just go find it on there uh jinx that's j-i-n-k-x and de la d-e-l-a holiday special um yeah go check it out I'm, i'm real proud of these folks uh for getting it all together uh Go go watch it. I'm I'm stoked, and that's the that's the holiday special that I think we're going to be watching over the next few days. That sounds maybe. lovely. Well, let, yeah. how, how about uh, we're both off Christmas? Let's do a Christmas morning. I'm off Christmas Eve too. Spike the coffee. Yeah. Uh, you know, with some eggnog, horchata, just fucking whiskey. Yeah. I uh, might have a little bit of that peanut butter flavored whiskey left over that my mom gave me. Mm-hmm. And um. Yeah, that sounds like a dangerous morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then afterwards, if we're still drunk, uh, you know, throw on that Dolly Parton Christmas special. That'll be nice. Make a fucking day out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's something cool. And that's a, that's a holiday film uh, that I'm excited to see out.
enough with Christmas miracles. But speaking of the vaccine, so, well, so speaking of the vaccine, um, lately, uh, fucker Carlson, nope, Tucker Carlson, uh, the Fox News carnival barker, has been fear-mongering, as usual. Uh, But lately, it's about the coronavirus vaccine. So he's claimed that the planned rollout of the vaccine is entirely racial. And he's claimed the CDC has decided, quote, old people in this country are too white to save. A fun side note to that. What? Yeah. No, that's that's what he said. And a fun side note is that uh, Mitch McConnell, the whitest old guy, uh, he's already received his first round of the vaccine. As have many uh, elected officials and uh, White House officials. They don't even need the goddamn vaccine. Uh, They've got Regeneron that Mm -hmm. they can take uh, every time they get, whenever they get sick. Uh, They've got daily COVID tests available to them. Uh, Nothing but the best. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's how the statement goes. Uh, Like, uh, you know, privilege for the rich and rugged individualism for the rest of us. So yeah, they've already received uh, the vaccine. They were they were obviously uh, some of the most important people to be getting it. But uh, there's a funny thing here where Carlson is saying effectively true statements, uh, but of course he's broadcasting from opposite land. Um, here's here's uh, some of what he said on his uh, show the other night. I'm sorry to platform this dude, but check it out. Americans understand that many of our leaders really don't care about them. They are ideologues. They're religious fanatics who worship their secular gods of money, power, and woke, whether their policies help or hurt individuals doesn't seem of great interest to them. Um, that's pretty funny, because that's, in a way, kind of true. But he's not saying it about the current elected officials and administration. He's trying to say it about the, the opposite side and people that have actually have been working to get this vaccine rolled out and have been trying to mitigate the spread and damage that COVID has done to the nation. Yeah, to your public servants. Uh, no, he's a real piece of shit. Uh, he's been trying to position himself as a outsider maverick folk hero type. Yeah. Well, he wants to run in 2024 for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to claim that the rollout is essentially eugenics, which is on its face absurd Considering statistical data shows that COVID-19, like many things in America, disproportionately affect minorities. Did he have, like, maybe a whiteboard, like a Glenn Beck-esque display nah, to explain this logic? That's not his style. You know, he has a, he has those other little things, just the, like little pictures that come up next to him or whatever. He uh, He's not so low budget as to be Glenn Beck. Um, he's, he's the leading man on Fox News. Um which, by the way, Rupert Murdoch has already got his vaccine also. Uh, yeah. So on one hand, you've got, uh, you know, the mogul of Fox, who's mostly stepped away from it. He doesn't really have his hands on it. Uh, he's he's ready to kind of roll with this and get it out there. Whereas Tucker Carlson is telling people to be nervous about it. And he's saying that there's a whole marketing campaign that's just way too slick and that you shouldn't trust any of it. And he's telling everybody, don't trust the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And on one hand, in what he's, in his show, he's saying like, "Of course we love vaccines, blah blah blah," and you know, medical science, and this is all important. But this one, I don't know, folks. I don't think we should trust this. It's all too slick and liberal for my taste, or <laughs> fucking whatever, you know. It's your dude. It, 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 people, 
Geraldo Rivera on Fox was saying that they should name the vaccine like the Trump vac, you know, the Trump vaccine. Yeah. The Trump triumph or whatever the fuck. Yeah. No. And surely that would actually get it rolled the fuck out and it would be like America's biggest fucking victory right now. And the other half of America probably wouldn't want to inject it. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's a weekly dispatch from Bizarro Land, uh, but as a fun addendum, uh, Fox also has an article circulating that's titled "Carrot: A Deer Found Living with an Arrow Through His Head Is the Medicine We Need Right Now." So just just as a, like a fun way of as, as a fun kind of like back and forth about how they're you know kind of like being science deniers and uh, everything else, they're also like. You know what? We just need some feel good. Just, you know what? Laughter is the best medicine. And this deer that has an arrow through its head is just too gosh darn adorable. I don't know that that's a feel good story from my perspective. Well, it's feel good insofar as uh, the deer seems to be fine. Uh, there was no infection and uh, some some local wildlife officials came up and they basically cut off the surrounding bits of uh, the mm-hmm. bolt so it won't uh, get snagged on anything and they're hoping that nature will just find a way to eject <laughs> this thing from the fucking deer's head uh, now that they've taken off the the extra protrusions from it you know what we really need i think what we really need in these dark times it's not a vaccine it's an arrow to the head it's an arrow we to the head we all need an arrow in our heads I just think... like carrot has <laughs> carrot Carrot the deer of 2020. I'll tell you, I don't know if you've seen the pictures of him, but it is. It made me think a little bit about like uh, Steve Martin in the 70s, mm. how he would wear that like you know thing that made it look like there's an arrow through his head because mm-hmm. it was a wacky, wacky bit. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what this deer looks like. He looks like a wacky SNL bit from the 70s. Uh, yeah, but the deer seems fine. Hey man, don't get me wrong. Uh, thoughts and prayers to that deer. Uh, I hope he does okay. No, through I, I feel like every time Fox flounders, they they come up with some some um, absurd uh, local interest story. <laughs> when headlines are flying about important issues, Fox will come with you know carrot the deer or whatever. It yeah. just happens pretty regularly. Whatever kind of uh, like news panacea that's like just supposed to kind of smooth everything over and not really address anything. Yeah, well, that's Fox for you. Yeah, um, there there have been several uh, news stories this week that I've kind of thought about getting into. Um, there's been an update on uh, the. Or there's been an update on the Boogaloo Boys, a small sect of it, the Bujahadeen, where uh, the Bujahadeen. No shit, this guy has uh, pled guilty uh, because he was trying to sell arms to what he thought was members of Hamas, and uh, thought that he was going to him and some other of them were going to be taken out of the country and they were going to, you know, the Hamas was going to help them start a training camp uh, because they felt like Hamas was in line with their uh, anti-American ideals. But those guys from Hamas were actually FBI agents. Mm. And so those those guys were busted. So that guy pled guilty. He hasn't been sentenced yet, but um, yeah. So there's your, there's your Bulu boys update. Um, But also there was a interesting thing. You know, last week we you were talking a little bit about um shit. You, we probably talk about this every week, uh, but Trump never stops campaigning, and he's been bringing in like millions and millions of dollars, right? Um, so 
his uh, war chest, as they talk about it, his campaign fund, which is still like actively going, never, never been closed. It uh, has been at one point, it had over $1.25 billion in it. A uh, shitload of money. And um, Jesus. <clears throat> not long ago, uh, we found out just recently, Jared Kushner, his son-in-law, uh, had put together uh, a couple of shell companies uh, called American Made Media Consultants. And there's two of them. There's uh, American Made Media Consultants Corporation and American Made Media Consultants LLC. And uh, these are just a couple of companies that, from what I understand, don't really, they, they do consulting. So they don't really have a staff, but they do have a board. And on the board is uh, Lara Trump, of course. And then there's John Pence, Mike Pence's uh, nephew. And, uh, you know, a couple other people who are, you know, close to the family. So the Trump campaign paid out uh, six. Is that number right? <clears throat> the Trump campaign paid out $617 million dollars. Uh, to this uh, fake fucking company, which is just a couple of uh, Trump and Pence family members. Mm. And, uh, you know, of course, there there's not really any comments coming from the administration about this, but they are saying that it is totally legal for them to be on the board. There's nothing wrong here, you know. Um, but, I mean, that's just the thing is that uh, we, we talked about Trump laundering money essentially and like needing needing ways to kind of do that whenever he's taking in billions of dollars uh, for a reelection campaign. So that money needs to be spent on a reelection campaign. And when it comes to monitoring that, there's the uh, Federal Elections Commission, which says, here's how you can and can't spend that money. Like you can't personally have that money. That is for your reelection campaign. But if they spend that on a consultation firm, which is supposed to help them figure out you know, how to reelect Trump, well, the FEC can't say what the that consulting firm does with that money. That doesn't matter. They can't touch that. I, I just don't understand how it could be billions. Like, are you sure you have that number right? $1.26 billion. Uh, 1.26 billion. So I say multiple billions. That's wrong. But uh, and this is accumulated over the course of, uh, you know, over the last couple of years. Yeah. Four, four, four years. more years, I would guess. Yeah. I mean, this does help explain why the Trump. Hmm, this does help explain why the uh, inauguration party was so expensive, like the most in most expensive in history. You don't actually think they spent twenty thousand dollars on a hammer. $30,000 on a toilet seat, do we? But also, like, the shittiest. Like, nobody knew where the money went. They're like, okay, the food is, like, some dried chicken. And there's, like, even though the catering bill was enormous. And there's, you know, like there's, like, no decorations. And they couldn't get anyone to, like, they couldn't get any, um, like, decent performers. They had to rely on, like. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Kid Rock and Ted Nugent. Yeah. Um, I forget. I forget. Uh, they, I know they had like a children's choir. <sighs> yeah, I feel like back when th there was less important things happening. Um, yeah, some pe some people tried to break down the Trump inauguration party and really make sense of where the fuck all that money went that they supposedly spent on it. 
Um, but yeah, there's all kinds of way to launder money. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, especially when you uh, when you're effectively fucking untouchable as the leader of the nation, uh, you can find all kinds of ways. And uh, I mean, we we have plenty of watchdog groups and plenty of regulatory agencies that are supposed to be watching out for stuff like this. But uh, Trump's been in the con game for a long time, and he is well versed in doing shady shit and he has been surrounded by a lot of uh you know fucking lamprey like parasites that are wanting to get their piece too <clears throat> Rudy Giuliani and uh yeah of course they're going to find ways to shuffle that money around and essentially make it look legal or and make it make it look fair notoriously cheap and petty too so, um, i'm i'm wondering if anybody's watching the white house I, I feel like when the trumps move out they're gonna loot the fucking place no oh, i'm sure just to sell whatever historic yeah. artifacts might be worth might be worth a damn i'm taking these Some gold curtains with me musty old bullshit uh, i i had this picture of george washington painted that was me no no that was not you <laughs> i'm sorry but that has been with the white house since its inception uh you cannot take that <laughs> favorite part of the show the station break i just want to take a moment to say thanks for listening to our show radio gripe and thanks for listening to the network kbsr black sparrow digital radio uh this is uh, fully independent you know uh it's put together by a whole lot of people who are making shows uh, on our own time and on our own dime and uh it wouldn't happen without our patreon community if you're listening to this uh on podcast format then you've got them to thank because uh we wouldn't be here were it not for them people like uh, sarah fisher Randall donahue uh, rena winston chad bostick dan picard those are all people that i know personally that have that have signed on um there's there's a ton more thanks everybody for helping us get this far and uh we're gonna keep going we're gonna keep growing and um yeah we're always looking for more people, obviously. Uh, you can go to BlackSparrowMusicParlor.com and look for the Patreon link there. Of course, you can also go to BlackSparrowMusicParlor.com slash radio to live stream a lot of the shows that might not be moving towards the podcasting format. Uh, there are shows like uh, Feedback Loop, uh, Radio Free Abro. Um, there's, of course, you know, the Mind of Dale, Drinking Texas, uh, Plow and Hose, Parlor Talk. Uh, Black Spare Retro, uh, Bird in the Machine, I think is still going. Uh, Storytime with Rory Smith. Um, yeah, man, there's there's so many shows and there's so many people that are that are working to keep this whole thing going. Uh, we really appreciate our our patron our patrons for uh, helping us out. Feel free to go join up there. Uh, you'll get you know invites to the quarterly events that we're going to be doing and uh, all the various cool things that we're going to be coming out with uh, as we get into next year. It's really dope. We appreciate it. Also, something else I appreciate, appreciate Trevor Wren, Trevor Wren and the Mental State Fair. 
uh, for letting us use Diane in Texas as our theme song. Uh, thanks, man. Really appreciate that. Uh, Trevor and is, of course, on uh, SoundCloud. It's where you can go find all the rest of that Mental State Fair uh, stuff. Thanks to Alex of Spectrostatic for letting us uh, use some of the stuff for cuts here and there. I really like listening to it, and uh, he's got tons of stuff on Spotify that you can check out at Spectrostatic. Hex Dispensers, Eerie Family, he's got tons of projects, go check that out. Yeah, so uh, we're, we're getting through the winter, and uh, I want everybody to stay safe and stay sane. Uh, we hope to see everybody face-to-face uh, as we start to kind of pull out of this whole pandemic. We can have barbecues together and actually share a beer uh, and everything in person. It'll be really nice. So, until such time, you know, uh, uh, keep on trucking i guess (laughs) all right everybody uh let's let's let you get back to the show thank you yeah i don't know man um you know i've a couple of times this week i've gotten into the uh the fake arguments in my head that i might have with um uh, somebody who wants to uh, defend trump and i don't know how to do it because i don't know how to have a rational conversation with somebody who simply will not listen to reason. Yeah. It's just, it's just a huge like reality disconnect. Um, yeah. We don't share the same reality. When so. you, when you want to tell somebody like your idiocy is staggering. Like it is, it is unreal just how unwilling you are to see the truth. Like you, you flat out refuse to, you know, um, this could actually be a pretty easy conversation if you would simply agree with the truth. But that's what we're seeing uh, under the Trump administration. And 2020 has been one hell of a year for it, where we see people just purposefully <laughs> just defying any reason. I mean, it's a small jump from being an evangelical Christian who supports Trump to, you know, and says, well, he's going to. He might not be godly, but he'll get stuff done that's in our interests to Trump is godly. Um, he's a, he's a man of faith and he believes in, uh, the, you know, he's pro-life and he believes that marriage is between one man and one woman, even though he's, you know, working on his third ever progressively younger, younger wife. That is a small jump. And, you know, it makes it easier. Four point four million dollars in PPP is Joel Osteen and what he got for his mega church. There you go. Yeah. And then it's another small jump to say, uh, you know, Trump is the anointed one. He was appointed by God to do God's to do God's uh, bidding on earth. And then another small jump to say Trump has been working his whole life to bring down uh, an international cabal of satanic pedophiles. So I'm just saying, like, once you're once yeah. you get on yeah, that one train, leads to the other, I you guess. don't know where the destination is. Yeah. 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 And that's. I, I mean, I want to say really, and I don't want to be uh, insulting, but I really do feel like um, if if a person is willing to believe the fairy tale of an omniscient deity, uh, then I'm sorry, but you'll fucking believe anything. Wow, we're I guess I guess we're trashing Christianity on our pre-Christmas episode. Oh no, it's still the war on Christmas, babe. War is on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, not really a foot soldier in that war. Uh, yeah, just a reminder that the thoughts and opinions of 
Joe uh, at Radio Grape do not necessarily reflect the thoughts and opinions of his co-host sitting across the table from him. Um, Christmas. You know what? Fuck Christmas. There's something else I want to talk about right now. Cool. It is the trend of young people are having their teeth filed down to little nubs, then getting what they call veneers, but are actually crowns, uh, so that they can have the, uh, perfect, the perfect straight white fake ass looking teeth that are so popular mm-hmm. here in America. Yeah, there's been a lot of TikToks uh, going around of uh, people showing their horrific little peg teeth. <laughs> Man. And then the after of them with with their shiny white fat tooth veneers uh, over top of that. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm old because I was like fucking horrified to see that people are doing that, that, that people are asking their dentists to do it. That sounds horrifying. And their dentists are doing it. <clears throat> so a reputable dentist took to TikTok uh, to express her horror about this happening and um try to explain to young people that this is a bad idea and they shouldn't do it what they're calling veneers are not veneers veneers are they're they're cosmetic hollywood people put them on anybody who's in the media they got that that same you know identical perfect white smile yeah where every every tooth is the same length and uh, exact same length and it kind of looks like they just have one top tooth and one bottom yeah (laughs) but yeah that is a veneer and they do not require you to uh shave your teeth into little little nubs Mm mm-hmm they might have to sand the teeth a little bit to get the veneer affixed properly, but um, they don't. They don't have to uh, whittle your teeth down. What these people are doing, as this dentist explains on TikTok, is they're they, those are crowns. Crowns are something that dentists do when you have damaged teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, you can put a crown on there. I actually have one. I lost one of my two front teeth when I was around ten years old. Uh, during a tragic and unpredictable, just wild game of Marco Polo in an above ground pool. Oh shit! Yeah, I yeah. was I was blind. Friends panicked as I reached for her and pushed a, a, a small, incredibly hard flotation object. <laughs> Let's say like a, a mini boogie board that was in the. It pool. was just a big block of wood. Wood floats. <laughs> In, in her flailing panic to escape me, she shoved it into my face and broke uh, one of my two front teeth in, I don't know, let's say two thirds of it fell off into the pool. Ouch. And the, uh, they did, they did get the tooth, which I guess is, is right. Like, even if your whole tooth comes out, they'll try to just like glue it back to your face and hope that it takes. Yeah, uh, yeah or if it's a piece that. of a tooth they'll try to glue that back on mm-hmm. and uh yeah for anybody listening who's got kids who play contact sports you do want to keep that tooth or piece of tooth in a cup of milk until you can see the dentist <laughs> <laughs> but in my case i guess they couldn't save it uh they did have to do a full root canal uh to, yeah it, it really did because they didn't give me the gas either <laughs> and a root canal without any gas man, you know because uh, i have asthma and they didn't want to give it to me <laughs> oh god you know there are so many horror stories you can bring up when it comes to teeth um when you first started talking about this i thought about uh i want to say it was howl's moving castle where there was just some character that randomly showed up that uh 
just like a, a, a short, like old guy. And then he went to smile and he's got like the tiniest little teeth. Yeah. No, that's what you're describing. Yeah. And it's, it's so horrific to me because what you do to your crowns, yeah, they're not forever. Like every 14 years, you have to replace them. Your teeth are forever, or at least until you, you know, you get old and they fall out or whatever. Your teeth actually, you're pretty much born with all those teeth. I don't want to derail you. You're but born with all those teeth. Have you, have you seen uh, the images where um, anatomical scientists have uh, taken the skull of um, a child who died very young and you can actually take away the front two set, portions two sets of teeth yeah you can take away yeah. the portions of the the skull and you can see all the little nubs of teeth that go all the way up and as you grow those just kind of end up growing into mm-hmm. place um yeah that's yeah, another freaky horrific thing about teeth <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's like a natural good thing you lose your baby teeth you mm-hmm. get your adult teeth and here's one of the things i hate uh, like Americans love to make fun of the teeth of like the British, for example, who have like a way better healthcare sure. system than we have. Yeah, but it's not about vanity. Yeah, so they actually do have way healthier teeth than America because we don't have as much access to dental care here in this country. But they they don't put as much emphasis on bleached white and perfectly straight teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, dental health is is the focus you can have those imperfect teeth and still be considered somebody who looks like normal and attractive whereas is here it, yeah unless you have that veneer you know or you were able to have those braces and have those teeth all straightened out uh and have them bleached regularly you're not considered you know you can, we consider that you have fucked up teeth and you should be ashamed of yourself mm. and it, it also blows my mind that yeah, like half the country does not have access to dental care mm. and like the other half of the country does. And they and go fucking wild with they're it. They're using <laughs> it to like almost remove their natural teeth. Yeah. And just put fake ones on that look good. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. Any young listeners who feel like it's not weird to mostly remove your teeth for fun, just get at me and explain to me why this is not weird. Yeah. Hit us up on Insta, Radio Gripe TX. That's right, kids. We got an Insta. Yeah. Well, I figure that's easier than an email, right? Who emails? Who emails even? Other than people People, trying to... People with their own teeth, maybe. (laughs) Whatever.
Another weird trend uh, that just came to my attention, the Wisconsin Health Department has warned uh, Wisconsinites not to eat their annual Christmas cannibal sandwich. Oh, why not? Uh, otherwise known as uh, the tiger meat sandwich. Wait a minute. Is it is it literally a cannibal sandwich or is it made of a tiger? Like, well, what's going on here? Neither one of those things. But I e- hate misnomers. Equally distressing. Uh, it is... Uh, a sandwich made from seasoned raw ground beef, uh, horrible. topped with some onions on a bun. It's absolutely horrible. Don't know if they even warm it up. Yo, man, I will, I will, I will fuck up a raw steak. Love it. I mean, not raw, but like you know, rare. Uh, yeah, that's fine. But I, uh, just raw ground beef. Can't do that. You can't do that because of the nature of how these pathogens are yeah. know, throughout the beef. You can definitely sear the top and bottom and sides of a steak and then eat it basically raw. Pretty good. You're pretty, but if you're you fine that way. grind it up, it's the stuff is getting all up in there oh everywhere and everything needs to be cooked equally. So I thought this maybe was a joke. The Wisconsin Health Department is like maybe there's like two people in Wisconsin. They're like, but my great grandma used to eat the, and we have Christmas. Your but great no- grandma didn't have fire. <laughs> <laughs> But no, there was a lot of there's a lot of pushback from people that are like, I I've eaten this, I've I've never gotten sick, and this this is not just a Christmas meal to me. I I don't know why this is my Wisconsin accent. It's, what am I doing? Oh. An everyday meal, my raw beef sandwich. Don't come at me and tell me not to eat my raw beef. I'm gonna eat it. My freedoms. Um, and my guess is the reason, since people do this every year and also throughout the year in Wisconsin, the reason I'm only just hearing about it, even though I lived next door to Wisconsin and Michigan, is because the hospitals are full of COVID patients and they don't want their annual uh, salmonella victims <laughs> coming to the hospital because they just don't have room for them this year. So like, guys, next year, that's fine. This year, we just don't have a space for you in the hospital. If you could just please. Susan, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Every year, your entire family shows up. <laughs> salmonella, E. coli, listeria. Oh, you fucking... Since 1968, eight eight outbreaks, including a salmonella outbreak of December 1994, with more than 150 people infected. Um, Yeah, we just don't have room for those 150 people, guys. The Mm. hospitals are full this year. I I had seen something about this in the headlines about, like, uh, yeah, the health department warning against having your cannibal sandwiches. And I had a picture of, yeah, basically a raw hamburger patty, uh, maybe with some onions mixed in. Um, and I was just like, I, I honestly just scrolled past it because I was like, well, yeah, that's another fucking dumb thing that's happening that people are going to do and people are going to get mad because they can't do it. Yeah, they uh, do. And, but not a new thing, apparently. Well, I mean, there you go. Um, I would posit this to you. If you want to have a cannibal sandwich, make it a little bit more high concept. Mm. Maybe like, have y'all ever heard of the Donner party? Uh, yes. So I would say you don't got to eat humans. That's a Christmas story, too. I think it happened after Christmas. Uh. Well, I mean, it's a it's a winter story. Uh, but yeah. Um, but winter in the mountains in Colorado really could range anywhere in a whole six month period. Basically. Yeah, yeah. But um, 
Yeah, uh, you you don't actually have to eat humans to have like a, a Donner burger. You could, you know, make it out of old old boot scraps and uh, ox tails and ox hide. Um, I I had read the whole story about um, what everybody in that party had gone through. It was absolutely horrific, and uh, what what led up to before before there was even cannibalism happening. Uh, you know, people had kind of made huts and they had used animal hides to uh, try to seal out the wind and the elements and everything. But they ended up taking those hides down and those hides had, and their, their boots and everything. They had bits of glue and all of this stuff to kind of like help them be materials. And so they had to boil them down to get the glue bits off and everything and then just gnaw on a piece of uh, old animal flesh uh, just because it's something to put in your stomach. Um do that instead. I do not actually recommend that you do that. Okay. Thanks for that incredibly depressing sidecar. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was actually trying to do a cute Christmas, well, but you know, just cut it out. Nope. We're keeping it. Okay. It stays in. But on that note, <laughs> I wanted to talk about, and I pulled this from Wonderlust, 13 weird Christmas traditions throughout the world All right, well, that might be fun. I think you're going to be hard-pressed atop cannibal fucking sandwiches. Fun but... to talk about <laughs> instead of talking about people who were starving to death and were uh, driven to a very dark place. So. Hit me. <laughs> in Japan, KFC has wormed its way into the Christmas traditions, probably through clever marketing. But yeah, it has become a tradition for people to go eat KFC on Christmas, mm -hmm. and they have special like holiday buckets that are decorated for Christmas, okay. and they uh, have Santas outside the KFCs, you know, oh, it's Christmas time, it's time for KFC. Sure. Uh, so that's just the story of a really successful marketing campaign. That's interesting. On Christmas Eve in Norway, they hide the broom. You know, the, the old folklore says that Christmas Eve is a time when, you know, the membrane uh, between uh, realities is thin and it's a time for evil spirits to cross over. Do not want evil spirits coming into your house before the new year. It's super bad luck. Because they'll steal your broom? Um, witches. I made some really quick notes, and I don't fully understand the notes uh, <laughs> that I made. Venezuela, uh, well, I guess throughout roller, uh, Venezuela, uh, roller skating is a, an important Christmas tradition, and a lot of people will roller skate to early morning mass, and in the Caracas, uh, even, even more so, they'll close the roads so that large amounts of people can roller skate to mass on Christmas morning. Well, that's fun. That sounds awesome. I love that. Yeah, sure. Uh, in Austria, home of Krampus, Christmas is a time to it's you know kind of a battle between good and evil and you have to face you have to face your christmas demons and maybe that means facing the evil inside of you you know are you on the naughty list okay krampus is coming for you and that is celebrated equally you're you're reminding me of something but it's kind of vague in my memory have you heard about i think it's norway they have something uh, they have a tradition that you need to uh receive clothes and it's something like if, if you don't receive clothes as a gift on Christmas, hmm. then uh, there there is, if I'm not mistaken, a Christmas cat uh, that will eat your soul. Oh, shit. 
And so it's actually very common for people to give each other uh, particularly winter clothes like socks or beanies or mittens or something. You need at least one sock, just like that Dobby the house elf in Harry Potter. Or otherwise a Christmas cat uh, gobbles you up. Uh, Catalonia. Oh, Catalonia is weird. So they have like a little log friend. (laughs) Um, And so they, you know, in the weeks leading up to Christmas, they feed it sort of. Is Um, this okay? Have they been doing this before Twin Peaks came out? (laughs) Uh, Presumably. Okay. Uh, They feed it treats, um, little candies and sugared treats and good things. You put it in the log and you... (laughs) On Christmas Day, you beat the log with sticks and you sing to it a little song uh, to the effect that you want it to poop. Poop a lot, bog. I don't know the exact words, but that's the gist of the song. So you sing to it, you beat it with sticks until it excretes the treats like a pinata. Is this where we get the term Yule Log, or is that something different? (laughs) Maybe. I hope so. Uh, And they also like to celebrate with little small uh, pooping figurines, you know, maybe in lieu of a nativity. Little figurines that are just crouched with their pants around their ankles. Huh. I wonder if if there's like uh, some kind of seasonal dietary thing that they go through there uh, where everybody's unable to poop during the winter. And so this, hmm. they're like kind of giving this blessing to, uh, uh, to what we now know as Mr. Hanky the Christmas Boo. It might be that the first log that was collecting treats, uh, were the treats were would be things like prunes, you know, like dried fruits, mm-hmm. lots of fiber. Sure. And um, just it's like morphed into candy over the years. I forgot the true meaning of Christmas, which is a really good bowel movement. That is, that one is fucking bizarre. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Catalonia is somewhere closer to like France or Spain, isn't it? Uh, it's not not high up in Europe. It's further to the south. Yes. Okay. If that helps you to understand this tradition. No, <clears throat> okay. I was just curious. It doesn't make sense either way. In Greenland, this is just a traditional dish, but uh, it's it's still on this list. Um, besides besides eating some you know preserved blubber, they'll wrap an auk in seal skin and bury it for several months until it begins to decompose, and then that's uh, you know a, a Christmas morning treat. What a decomposed seal? Well, it's it's. It says wrap an auk. Uh, I would like to think the auk is prepared in some way, but or filleted at least. But it could just be a whole a whole ass auk. It's an okay. Wait, what's an auk? It's a seabird, a large seabird. Okay. You know, so let's say a seagull, if that helps. You're gonna wrap a seagull. Presumably, you're gonna pluck a seagull, then wrap it in seal skin, and bury it for several months preceding Christmas mm. dinner. Mm. Doesn't sound good to us, but you know, who knows? Maybe it's maybe it's pretty awesome. Hey, don't knock it till you try it, right? Uh, this is, you know, this is Greenland. What are you gonna? You gonna have a ham? You gonna have a cannibal sandwich? No, that's not. That's not what's happening in Greenland. In Guatemala, it's a Christmas Eve tradition to clean and tidy your home and gather up all of your uh, refuse uh, or, or anything you don't want and burn it. You burn the rubbish of your life 
and uh, a new year rises from the ashes. Uh, that sounds like a pretty good tradition. That sounds good. Um, in Ukraine, <clears throat> it's a tradition uh, to have a spider or spider webs on your Christmas tree. Um, but yeah, the story, it comes from uh, an old story of a poor old woman who couldn't afford to decorate her tree. So she just had this depressing, bare-ass tree in her house. But she woke up on Christmas morning and found that during the night while she slept, a spider had woven a, a beautiful silvery web all over the tree and decorated it for her so when she woke up on christmas morning she found a web decoration that's the christmas spider and you hmm. you want a spider in your tree for good luck okay yeah no i can get down with that yeah i can get down with that a lot more than i can <clears throat> the owl that arrived in the uh times new york city times square christmas tree this year i don't know if you heard about that no, I heard about a lady who got a tree and found a raccoon inside it. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. How do you overlook a raccoon? I don't know, man. I mean, they can be pretty quiet until they want to until they want to stop being quiet, I guess. In Italy, La Befana is an old witch who brings toys for the kids on Christmas like that an old crone instead of an old there's like we have so many words for old women that are uh, epithets and we don't have any for men right <laughs> just old man uh, Santa's an old man he's a jolly old man I guess like geezer or something alright uh, yeah there's there's an old witch instead of an old of course, geezer uh, if I'm not mistaken Geezer can mean something else in the UK. It doesn't necessarily mean an old man. It just means yeah, like I think a it just means dude. Okay. You know, kind of like cunt also just means dude <laughs> in the UK. Those are all fun. It's fun to think about uh, how people do things uh, around the world on Christmas. Um, I uh, recall this story that I had heard. I think it was in the local. Uh, uh, mag that comes out that is just it's our area code is the name of the magazine it's put together by the Taylor Press you know uh, but you find uh, some some interesting old stories uh, and everything um, and I had found this uh, some time ago after we had moved here uh, so this is this is a half remembered story about te Taylor Texas like I wish I know this is an audio medium, but I wish like all of a sudden I could be in front of the fireplace, you know, with like a, a glass of eggnog and a, a book in my lap. And I, I would just notice that you walked into the room and I would say, oh, hello there. Welcome. Merry Christmas. Let me regale you with a half remembered tale about Taylor, Texas. It's a short one. Don't worry. Around a hundred years ago. The handful of families that had settled in my neck of central Texas were facing hard times. Crops were destroyed by floods and otherwise harsh weather, and the local wildlife had either been hunted already or left. Things were getting dire. One day, a man noticed a lone crow outside and took to kill it. He was wondering what the crow had been eating. He opened the core of it up and found bits of acorn in his belly and reasoned that where there's trees, there's game. So he and a few other men found some other crows and followed them to a lush bit of forest where deer were plentiful. There's a direct quote here from one of those hard scrabble founding fathers of Taylor. Didn't take no vision came to Peter telling us to rise up, slay, and eat. 
It's from Acts 10.9. Uh, and rise up they did, slaying and eating for all they were worth. And the people of Taylor, Texas were saved, so that one day, a boy by the name of Tex Avery could call this town his home. Uh, yeah, but that's... I, I actually, first of all, I, I, I do remember that uh, article and I remember enjoying it. Second yeah. of all, would you like to credit the author? Who no is... idea. That was me who wrote that. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it came from... It came from uh, the local mag 76574. Um, and it was like one of those, uh, whatever, duck tales <laughs> or whatever Guys, they got in there. They, uh, I don't know if Taylor Press archives its articles... But that it, shit was gold. It was. We so enjoyed it. And if you're listening to this show right now, uh, hit us up at... <laughs> We're trying show at gmail.com. Oh, shit. We got to change that. Not even the name of the show anymore. Uh, uh, <laughs> hit us on Insta, RadiographTX. Uh, yeah, let us know if you wrote that article and we'll credit you and uh, express to you how much we enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, that's one of those, it's, it's one of those kind of beautifully Southern Gothic stories, you know, where it's, uh, everybody's starving and everything. And, uh, they, through, through some craftiness, uh, they find a way to, uh, go, go find some animals and, and, uh, they, they literally did kind of save the small community that was, that was founding Taylor back in the days. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, it's, yeah. The story of my hometown, uh, you know, has a lot to do, as far back as I know, with white flight. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> put, putting that aside, because I grew up in a suburb of Detroit. Look, man, just turn that into a euphemism for snow and you're okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, no, it has a lot to do with the Industrial Revolution and the rise and the rise of Detroit as a, as a major power. And, of course, Henry Ford and... Um, uh, you know, car manufacturing, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, these, these little Texas towns, it's just a different story and I like it. Yeah. And can I just say, I love living in Taylor, uh, right around Christmas time. I love, uh, you don't like it other times of the year. No, no, I hate it. No, uh, <laughs> no, I love go. I love driving through early in the morning as I do every morning through downtown Taylor on my way out. And looking at all the beautiful Christmas decorations and the beautiful historic downtown area, mm-hmm. and it's it's so quiet and so still, but uh, just so beautifully all lit up. Yeah, there's nothing more peaceful uh, in a lot of ways than a than a than a small town around Christmas time. Yeah, for sure. Um, it uh this this town in some ways reminds me of the small town in New Mexico where I'm from, but uh, better. You know, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, you know, Taylor is what Hobbes would want to be basically. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I like, I like living here. And I, I think that Christmas is one of those times where, uh, <clears throat> for the most part, you do kind of get to see, uh, people put aside their dumb shit and, you know, just, just be cool. I don't, I don't see a whole lot of people around here that's like uh, decrying a war on Christmas and saying like, I'm never going to say happy holidays. Like people around here are fucking nice. They really are. And uh, I think that we picked a good place to settle down. Yeah. Uh, but well, uh, yeah, happy holidays uh, 
to uh, you and to yours. one and all. To one and all. Uh, every, and, everyone. And to all, a good night. Yeah. Thanks for joining us here on Radio Grape. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Um, we will have your year-end recap next week. Steal yourself. We're almost through it. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, once again, thanks to KBSR for being here, for putting us on. Thanks to Trev Wren and the Mental State Fair for our theme music. Thanks to Alex and the Spectrostatic for giving us some of those jams. Uh, if you're a musician and you want to be on the show, uh, we will totally put you on here. Uh, yeah, hit us up online. We already told you where to find us. Um, until next time, everybody, enjoy your holidays. Stay safe. Uh, yeah, from from us to you. With all our love. This holiday is yours. But we all share with you the hope that this day brings us closer to freedom and to harmony and to peace. No matter how different we appear, we're all the same in our struggle against the powers of evil and darkness. I hope that this day will always be a day of joy in which we can reconfirm our dedication and our courage, and more than anything else, our love for one another. This is the promise of the tree of life.